it's hard to look at them as a human sometimes because they're just bigger than that. They're the best in the world. Racing besides them is a bit crazy and you get a bit confused in the beginning, like, how am I here? How is this possible? It's a question that I'm sure we would all ask if we were only 20 years old and found ourselves surrounded by the greatest triathletes on the planet. But the big difference between us and today's guest is that he is one of the brightest young talents to emerge in the sport for years. He's called Vasco Vilasa. He's just bagged second place at the ITU World Triathlon Series final in Hamburg. And he's joining us for a chat today on episode 10 of Try Me A River. For any of you here tuning in for the first time, you're very welcome. Not only are you welcome to listen along, but you're welcome to get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. And ever since putting out a short video on Twitter a few days ago of me chatting to today's guest, I've had some messages coming in from Portugal even. It's been great to hear from so many of you. So, if you're listening to this out in Portugal, Olá, tudo bem, prazer. And that, I'm afraid, is where my Portuguese stops. After you've had a listen to this episode and you want to fire me a message yourself, you can do so by emailing me at trymeariver at gmail.com or getting in touch on Twitter at trymeariver, all one word. If you're training for a triathlon coming up soon, if you've been enjoying watching the pros in action on TV, or if you'd just like a shout out on the next episode, don't be a stranger. But it's a real thrill to introduce today's guest to you. If you're a triathlon fan, you'll know about this guy. If you're not a triathlon fan, you will know about him very soon. As I said, his name is Vasco Vilasa. He's from Portugal, but lives in Sweden, as he explains in our chat. And he has catapulted himself onto the elite triathlon circuit this year. After racing returned following lockdown, Vasco, who I feel the need to remind you is only 20 years old, has come second in the Super League Arena Games, finishing ahead of former world champions Javier Gomez and Johnny Brownlee. He then went to the World Series final in Hamburg and finished second there too. Only Vincent Louise was able to finish ahead of him to take the crown of world champion, but Vasco was very much the best of the rest. And as if that wasn't enough for one month, he finished as runner-up at the World Cup event in Karlovy Vary in the Czech Republic the following weekend in a field again packed with superstars. He is going places, and he is going places fast. Lots of talented youngsters appear every year, but very few of them get close to the success that Vasco has already had. And more importantly, he's just a really, really nice guy. I spoke to him just over a week ago, and he's friendly and down-to-earth and intelligent beyond his years. During our chat, we talked about everything from growing up as a football-mad boy in Portugal, idolising Luis Figo, right through to life today in Sweden and his dreams of one day representing his home country of Portugal at the Olympics. So I think it's best that I stop waffling and get straight to business with our interview. It was a fascinating chat with Vasco and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I'll see you on the other side. Vasco, you've had a bit of a crazy month. Um, the, yeah, yeah. the Super League Arena Games at the end of August, you came second. Ahead of some big, big names like Javi Gomez and Johnny Brownlee. Then two weeks later, you came second at the ITU World Series final. 
technically making you the second best triathlete in the world at the minute. And then last week you came seconds again at the World Cup race in the Czech Republic. You must be exhausted. Exhausted? I don't know. I'm pretty happy. <laughs> Very <laughs> happy with like this month. So I'd say it's the best month yet for me <laughs> in my whole life. Yeah. Uh, at least as a triathlete, it's been amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, Super League was a really good way to, to start the year. So after a whole year without races, it was amazing to be invited. I, I was quite lucky to, to be there. I was just invited last minute to get there. I was not uh, prepared to 100%. So I was not sure I was going to be able to yeah, to do the race I did in the end. It was so amazing to be racing against Gomez and Johnny and all the other stars. Uh, Richard, yeah, the whole start field. I would say Super League is really good to just to learn to race with the, these big guys. It's amazing to to be there and as a young athlete, sometimes you get afraid to I don't know to run past them or to just to run with them. And I would say Super League is really good this year because it, it was on Swift. It was like an indoor race, the the ASLT Arena Games. So I was not really seeing them. I was not really racing against them. I was just racing against some pixels on the screen. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it was pretty amazing in the end of the race when I out-sprinted Gomez to just, yeah, just look to my side and just see him, like, congratulating me. So, yeah, it was a great way to start the year. It gave me confidence for the WTS, the World Championships in Hamburg. Just another mind-blowing race. <laughs> I really, it's hard to, to describe the feeling there. Uh, I would say a bit confused in the, in the end of the race. I, I was not expecting such a good performance, even though it was the goal. I was not expecting to get there this early in my career. Uh, it's amazing, though, just proves the work has been done in the right way. And then, of course, like at 20 years, I was not sure that I would be able to race in the same way in Olympic distance. The, the older guys have much more experience and yeah, so much more training for a, a two-hour race. But yeah, I, I just proved that the, in Carlo Vivari, I just proved that the results in Hamburg was not just by chance and that the work has been done in the right way and that lockdown was not that bad after all. <laughs> Do you think you've grown in confidence with each of those results? So when you came seconds in the Super League, that gave you the confidence to think, you know what, I've got the speed to keep up with these guys. And then in Hamburg, you thought, well, I can do it in real life on the road as well as on Zwift. Has that given you a bit of extra confidence? Yeah, yeah. And that, that's what Super League is so good for. So since last year, so last year I joined Super League in, in Jersey and then Malta. Um, and I just went into Jersey and yeah, the result was not that good. But just race by race in Super League, you just, you're racing besides the best in the world. And it just slowly gives you the confidence that you can be there. You can be racing against them and you, you can be as good as them if you just do, yeah, if you just work as good as they do. So yeah, for sure. Since last year in, in Super League and now this year, arena games and then Hamburg gave me such a confidence boost yeah amazing to be running besides Vincent and then to do the same thing in Carlo Vivari so slowly getting more confidence yeah helping on the next race and then that race gives me confidence to to keep going for sure does it feel a little bit intimidating sometimes when you're pulling up on the road alongside the likes of these guys who you've probably watched on tv growing up yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, that's what I meant with, with Super League being that great, is that when you're racing besides these guys, I mean, 
I've been watching them on TV for I don't know how many years, but I've been doing triathlons you know, since I was six years old. I think at eight years old, I saw my first like international race uh, with Gomez. I remember Gomez being in it. He's been the best since then, I think. <laughs> yeah, and it was it's just amazing because for me, they were, they were just stars and it's hard to look at them as humans sometimes because they're just bigger than that. They're the best in the world. And racing besides them is, is a bit crazy and you get a bit confused in the beginning like how am I here how is this possible but I would say yeah just race by race you, you start accepting them as as people and not just as the super athletes and that just gives you an idea that if, if you just work hard enough you can get there yeah and in the Super League Arena Games which was a really exciting event in the first swim your swim leg was faster than Gomez and Johnny Brownlee and Richard Murray and as you said these guys are legends of the sport is the swim something you have been working on during lockdown not only during lockdown. So swimming has been my weakness for so many years. I mean, since I was, yeah, since I started triathlon. I started triathlon because I didn't know how to swim. I wanted to learn how to <laughs> swim. So since then, you know, if I was better at running and biking, so I liked them more than swimming. So swimming, I've never really liked swimming until I was, I don't know, until I was a youth racing internationally and I, I had my first coach from a Portuguese called Daniel who just believed in me that it was the first swimming coach that believed that yeah he, he could be a good athlete and that gave me a confidence boost back then that if I start swimming all the guys that I need to uh, I might be able to become a good swimmer and then yeah throughout my whole junior years I started as a junior in the, like coming out of the water in the last pack and finished my junior years in the in the first pack but then the step up to elite that's just a bit such a big step up and I just changed coach. I started now swimming with Anders Holmer, so a Olympic medalist swimmer back in his days, uh, which is amazing. Just, yeah, an idol. I, I have so much to learn from him. And then he's a great swimming coach. And since last year, so I, I started training with him in t- 2019. It just, just been doing so many Ks, so many hard Ks with him. And uh, I think after, yeah, after almost a whole, a whole year with him, it, it paid off. And I, I made the, the big step up to, to be able to swim a lot alongside the, the big swimmers because I'm yeah I'm kind of a small guy compared to many other other triathletes sometimes in the open water it's it's hard to to swim just by their side because it's easy to in, in the fight in all the contact there there is when you're a smaller guy you have a bit of a disadvantage so arena games yeah showed me mostly me that I can be swimming besides them I just I gotta have the confidence that I, I have the swimming to do it and then to to go for it and not, not be afraid to let someone else pass by just because they they're yeah drowning me or uh, you know it's usually not what they want to do but it, it happens to everyone uh, so yeah it was crazy it was the be- the, the first time that I actually understood that okay swimming is not one what's gonna keep pulling me back in in my in my career you, you mentioned your swimming coach there is he one of the reasons you moved to Sweden not really uh, okay so I moved to Sweden seven years ago okay and then it was my parents decision so the moving to Sweden from the beginning is not exactly my decision then at 15, I because triathlon is not that big in Sweden, or at least not uh, short distance triathlon, what they call it. <laughs> what I yeah, for me it's just triathlon. <laughs> yeah, Iron Man is the thing here for the Vikings. <laughs> uh, at 15, I moved away from home, so I was living here with my parents in Sweden since I was 13. At 15, two years later, I moved away to go and I moved together with another triathlete. We were accepted to a group of triathletes in the Swedish high school of triathlon. It's what they call it. So every year. 
here, uh, yeah, the people who are starting or the Swedes that are starting high school, they can apply for this triathlon school, triathlon high school. And the, yeah, the two best guys and two best girls every year get accepted. Uh, luckily, I was one of them, even though I'm not Swedish. So yeah, yeah, was really happy to, to get there. I moved, I moved, moved in together with this guy who's, who also got chosen, and I was just able to be training with the best junior Swedes uh, at the moment, which was great and. That's where I met my triathlon coach, who is still my triathlon coach today. Yeah, it was an, an amazing boost to, to and I, I learned so much to, from being here in Sweden. And then when I became 18, I, I got the choice to, to go back to Portugal and to train there with the, yeah, with the national team. I, I was there and I, I actually thought that there was a possibility. I was, I was just trying it. Yeah, I, I thought I, I had to make the choice now. Okay, now. Now I want I want to become a professional triathlete, so I want to I gotta choose where my where my base is gonna be. What what is the next step? Should I stay in Sweden? Should I come back to Portugal? And now I'm gonna make a choice. Gotta make a choice, and then I gotta believe in it and keep training because yeah, when you're training, you gotta believe in what you're doing, and you cannot be changing all the time. Uh, it did not really work out as I expected, so I I came back to Sweden, put together or talk with some of the other athletes I knew, and we we moved to a university here. So you're part of a university team we have we have our coach from the high school and we're not that many people it's me the guy i lived with back in high school and another girl and then we started swimming with the swimming team here so my coach uh, is also an olympic athlete usually swimming coaches don't really understand what triathlon is and what we need to do and that's what we got here for the first time in just a swimming club. And yeah, so I would say I did not move to Sweden because of it. But then my choice from the moment I was 18 to stay in Sweden was, was because of the training possibilities here. Hmm. So as a young boy growing up in Portugal, I guess football is probably the biggest sport there because you have the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo and Luis Figo when you were growing up. Why did somebody like you choose to do triathlon instead of football as a sport? I love that you that you mentioned Luis Figo. He, he's an old star. Not many people remember him, but yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, when I when I was yeah six years old, when I started triathlon, he was on a, one of the biggest uh, footballers back then. Anyways, I wanted to, to be a footballer, so yeah, <laughs> that's what I wanted to do. That's what all the kids want to do. Like we are always hearing about Ronaldo. Ronaldo is the big star. <laughs> but my parents, they told me that I could only start, I could only join a soccer or a football club when I was, I think it was six years old or something. No, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think it was when I was seven. And yeah, I just started traveling when I was, when I was six. And yeah, when I, got, when I got a taste of it, I was like, no, football is not that fun after all. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I want to ask you a question about just triathlon today because Johnny Brownlee is 30, Mario Mola is 30, Richard Murray is 31, Vincent Louise is 31, Ali Brownlee is 32. You're only 20. A lot of the big names who have dominated for years and years are getting a little bit older. Does it feel to you like there's a little bit of a new generation coming through and there's a little bit of a changing of the guard where those guys might be coming towards the end of their career and people like you and some of your colleagues might be taking over? Does it feel like that at all? 
Uh, yeah, it does. It does for sure. I mean, it, it happened with those guys. I, I don't really know who who was there before them because I yeah I, I was too young then. But I I know it happened with the Brownlee brothers and Gomez and everyone when they when they were juniors and starting their under twenty three career. That's when they stepped up to elite and started winning races over the older guys. That's exactly what I feel is happening now. So they yeah those guys are outside the end of their career. I don't know exactly when that's gonna happen, but towards the end anyways. And I'm just beginning my career and, and you can see it, it's not only me I mean it's me it's Ben Dijkstra it's Alex Yee it's the uh, Ricardo Batista from Portugal the junior world champion uh, Sean Lemon so you have so many guys from 20 to 22 years old that are, are just doing so well in the in the elite races in the world cups and yeah it, it's amazing to see and yeah for sure it's, I, I would say we are the, the next generation coming up and trying to take away the, the medals from the big guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I suppose that's a good question to ask looking forward over the next year we are coming into an olympic year well hopefully and you now are in a really strong position not only to be selected but also perhaps to be competitive at the olympics what what are your thoughts about tokyo uh, uh, that's a tough question uh, the portuguese federation hasn't really said who is going the older athletes in Portugal, so João Pereira and João Silva, who are the people who got the spots for Portugal. So at the moment, we have two spots for, uh, for our national team. The question is now who is going uh, out of uh, as three? Yeah, just as you mentioned before, these guys have been, yeah, these guys have been the, the best through so many years that at the moment there are not really any rules. We haven't really talked about it because it's a whole new set situation. I would love to be there. I would love to be there. I'll try and help the team to qualify a relay, a team relay as well. I would say if I get the chance to be there, yeah, I'm going, I'm going for the medals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, here, I, I think you could do well. I think you could. I was looking back through the previous results of Portuguese athletes at the Olympics. And I think one of the athletes you mentioned there, João Silva, I think he came ninth. Yeah, Jean Silva came ninth in uh, London, but then yeah. Jean Pereira came fifth in um, in Rio. In Rio, yes, yeah, really good results from those guys. Yeah, tough tough guys to compete with. Yeah, for sure. It's not that easy for me to get to the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. What What do you feel are the biggest lessons you have learned from stepping up from youth level and under twenty three level to elite level? Are there tactics that the pros use that are different from youth level races? Uh, that, that is a tough one. Um, one of the things that helped me very much as a junior, as I said, I moved away from home. I, I went to live by myself with another guy when I was 15. So I, I kind of had to, to step up from being a child to becoming an adult, even though I was 15. That was a very big step for me. That's when I, I had my junior results and everything. That's because I, I learned to be responsible. I, I learned to focus when I need to focus and to relax when I could relax. Uh, something that people at that, at that age don't really, usually don't really do or are not able to do because it's just the, a fine line between being a child and being an adult and you, you're still in between there. Yeah, the latest years, what made the big, the big difference now to step up to elite? I would say a little bit of experience. So I, I, I think 2018, I did my first World Cups and it's a, a little bit about confidence and then about learning to, to race because as a junior, the races are not as hot all the time. So people not that you have some small breaks on the bike, you have some yeah, breaks at some points and the differences between the, everyone are a bit, a bit bigger. So when you come to elite uh, just a small a small detail on the transition or yeah just running 10 seconds uh, slower can mean you're losing i don't know five places sometimes or i remember i remember in teacher virus world cup in the semi-final 
finals that's all the like the qualification is made by i think it's like the top eight they qualify automatically and the first 10 guys were coming in in the in the first like in two seconds so in, in two seconds they had 10 guys coming in so it's the competition is so high I don't know. From I'm part of the Olympic Olympic team of Benfica, so it's uh, the football club in Portugal. We're part of the Olympic team, uh, and in that Olympic team, I have uh, Jean Silva, Jean Pereira, uh, Vanessa Fernandes. I don't know if you know her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, think she raced back in 2008. I think she was a medalist, wasn't she? Yeah, silver medalist at the Olympic Games uh, 2008, and she's won World Cups back to back. I think she's the world champion, European champion, so many times. She she was a very big star back then. So I'm part of the same uh, Olympic team as them. And when I joined them, I got the chance to meet them. I, the the chance to be part of that team kind of gave me the opportunity to step up to learn from them what what it is to be a professional athlete, what it is to to just prove yourself and to to be able to perform race after race. Through through so many years and uh, how mentally you have to be able to travel all around the world and still be able to there's so many problems usually when you're in a new country and to just get over that and focus on the race and do the best possible with every situation and then uh, from Vanessa I got the I got a yeah I would say very good uh, advice from her that there was like everyone is nervous but you gotta know something that when you're standing on the start line you gotta know what you're there to do so there's no being doubting doubting yourself. So when you're there, no matter who who else is on the start line, you gotta know if you're there to win. If you're there to do a to do a great swim, you gotta know what your goal is and you gotta go for it. There's no doubting on the start line, which which was yeah really great for me because when I was stepping up onto elite races, the I was losing I, I was losing like I was coming like 20th, 30th, 40th sometimes so far back from what I was used to, and you kind of stop having that feeling. That, that I had as a junior that I'm, I'm here to win you kind of like let go from it you just no I'm just here to do my race and yeah she kind of taught me that no no matter what the end result is you got to know what you're there to do and if, if you want one day want to win it means that when you're on the start line you got to know that you're there to win even though the other guys are Gomez and Brownie and one day one day it will happen but yeah you got to believe in yourself yeah and I guess that mentality is really important when you're so, for example, this month running and you can see Vincent Luis in the distance. And I think mentally it would be very easy to say, this guy's a hero of mine. I'll, out of respect, I'll keep my distance. But if you're just running your race, you, you might get closer to him. You might go past him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of triathlons yeah. in your head, I guess. It is. It is. It is. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Last question I want to ask. If you could give one bit of advice to an amateur triathlete, somebody who's not competing at elite level, but just goes out at the weekend and does their thing, what bit of advice would you give them? Um, <laughs> okay, so that, that's not really what I'm used to do. So uh, <laughs> um, I would say just triathlon for me is kind of a lifestyle has lifestyle as well. So just embrace that, that lifestyle, use it to make friends. Uh, so if you're an amateur, you're there to, to make to do your training, but it's a lifestyle and you got to make your friends. And in the end, that's, that's what you get out of it. It's the, the good experiences. So don't be too competitive. Do your training have fun during the races and having fun means yeah go all out do your best on the races but at the same time just don't focus too much on your on goals then just take it easy just go with your friends just go on your sunday rides and stop for a coffee and yeah be open to what experience triathlons might give you yeah i do that plenty of times don't worry i have lots of stops on my cycles Vasco, <laughs> um, thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it i found uh, watching all your races recently really exciting and i look forward to cheering you on over the next year thanks so much thanks for the invite today's thought for the day 
be open to what experiences triathlon might give you. Wise words indeed. And I feel that's probably as good a statement as any to finish up today's episode on. If you want to continue following Vasco's progress over the next year, he'll be taking part in Super League when it gets going again. The next race that is due to happen in the Super League series is in Ecuador at the end of November. Whether or not that will take place as planned remains to be seen. Who knows what the big bad COVID might do next? Or maybe Super League will go ahead with more virtual arena games like they did last month. Either way, I'd expect Vasco to be in the mix for medals wherever and however it takes place. And it'll be exciting seeing what happens in terms of Portuguese team selection for next year's Tokyo Olympics. As Vasco mentioned in our chat, the two male athletes selected for the original Olympic lineup for Portugal were the vastly experienced João Silva and João Pereira, both of whom have had top 10 finishes at previous Olympic Games and would 100% deserve a call-up again. But I just wonder if they'll shuffle things around and make space for Vasco after his hot run of form recently. It'd be very hard to leave him at home with the way he's been performing this year against all the big guns. Definitely a situation that I will be keeping an eye on and I will make sure to fill you in as information becomes available. Anyway, that's all for this episode. Whether you're listening in Benfica or in Belfast, it's been great having your company. Look forward to seeing you again very soon. And in the meantime, get yourself outside, find your nearest steep hill and in the words of Vasco Vilasa, Be open to what experiences triathlon might give you. Over and out.